up, I always knew you should only have one relationship at a time. But it didn't always work like that for me. I mean, it did it in the first instance because I thought I was going to be with my drums all my life. You know, you do when you're in love with someone or something, in my case, you think that that's it. You know, you think that's going to be it for your life, but it doesn't always work like that. You know, love doesn't work like that. You know, I brought an American flag home one day just because I wanted an American flag because I'm... I've always liked America and I just happened to bring this flag home and I got it out of the bag and opened it up and that was it. You know, I just, there was some sort of thing that happened there and I'm not sure what it was. I have no idea, but I can only describe it as love, you know, and it hit me like a brick because I wasn't expecting that at all. It just came out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And of course, my drums, I didn't feel, um, were very pleased with this. I thought that they were angry with me, you know, there was sort of a really weird air about them. Uh, and again, I can't really explain that, other than that I think that they must have been jealous towards the flags, you know, and it didn't work out. I mean, I couldn't ignore the love I had for my flags because it, it became stronger than that I had previously with my drums. Uh, but it didn't work that same way when I found Lady Liberty, because again, that happened out of nowhere, bang, like a brick. You know, again, I didn't expect it, but this time it was different because I felt that there was already a relationship between the flags and Lady Liberty, already an ongoing friendship that they'd had a connection, being both being US symbols for a long time. So I didn't feel that sort of bad feeling that I had before. You know, the, the relationships progressed and changed over the time. I mean, I put my flags away for a while, but they didn't stay away. But they've come back into my life but they're not as they're not the same kind of love if I can explain it that was Amanda Liberty who is an absolutely delightful person I met online while researching people who are in love with objects this orientation to love objects is known by terms like objectophilia animism or more correctly objectum sexuality if you go to the website objectumsexuality.org, you'll find an explanation of what OS is. The page you're looking for is, What is OS? And here's a short extract. We love objects on a very significant level, and many of us in an intimate way. This feeling is innate. Objectum sexual love comes for most in a similar awakening as other sexualities at the start of puberty. This is often followed by an acute awareness that we do not relate to peers due to the source of projected feelings. Often, objectum sexual people feel outcast or pressured by mainstream sexuality with a helpless feeling that we cannot change what comes so naturally to us. Because of the huge amount of misunderstanding, misrepresentation, ridicule, threats, and abuse OS people get from the media and the general public, I sent my questions to Amanda and she prepared answers to some in advance. 
So as the interview goes along, you may notice in some places it kind of sounds like she's reading off a prepared statement, and that's because she really is, so she gets things right. I hope you'll forgive that in exchange for learning more about this fascinating topic. One thing that seems to form the basis of an OS relationship is the idea of animism. Let's get back to the discussion now and find out more about what this means. Well, animism is the belief that non-animal entities such as plants, trees, rocks and man-made objects possess a spiritual essence. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they talk like that they have voices, but, you know, for some people they might do. But for me, personally, it's more a feeling that I get. It's more, you know, it's just... uh, I get a feeling that there's an essence there. There's something that I can communicate with on a different level. It's kind of like, you know, we've got loads of people in the world that believe in things that you can't see and things that you can't necessarily touch, you know, like gods, like ghosts, like all sorts of things like that, you know, and I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying that, you know, I do get a feeling inside me that an object can speak to me in a way. It's sort of like you're able to read emotions or, or a sentience in these objects. You know how uh, sometimes um, I could be in a room and I have a feeling that there's someone in the room um, and there may be someone there for sure. Um mm. I guess maybe you, those who are those who are animists in that respect, may have a feeling where where they feel that there is that same sort of uh, sentience or presence. I, I guess, for lack of a better word, a, a a being in the object. And in addition, you're able to read the emotion, the emotional state of that being. Yeah, it seems to me that you've understood that. Like I've explained it, you know, thank you, I appreciate that, you know. Not everybody gets that. That's why I'm here, that's why I'm always trying to to get people to understand it more, you know. So, and, and I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, nobody really bats an eye at children who have, like, really intense friendships with dolls and teddy bears. I know I had a Paddington Bear doll, or rather teddy bear, I guess, as a, as a child, I actually believed that to a certain extent that bear had, you know, sentience. And I mean, young children, I'm sure is the case. They they don't seem to have issues with uh, adults either who have, you know, humanized boats or cars or, or things like motorcycles. It's funny. Men seem to do it a lot with uh, machines, Uh, call them names, et cetera, or, or in love with their computer. But, they have issues with OS and it's kind of interesting to me because at least people in the OS community, they lay it right out there and they say, look, I'm in love with this object. Whereas uh, other people who may be just as attached to their phones or what have you um, don't. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I was at a transport festival just a day and I spotted at least five vehicles that had uh, names written on the side of them. You know, one of the uh, 
One of my friend's vehicles I saw for the first time today was a white beetle with Betsy written on the side. <laughs> she had called the, the vehicle Betsy. So it, that happens and it seems to be all right, you know. But the thing is, children are naturally animist. You know, most of the time, adults will encourage them to be as well and join in with a form of play and imagination with their children's thoughts. But as we age, society suggests that being animist is not how adults should be, and most children want to be adults before time. Uh, I have experienced this myself as a child, as my parents would encourage my friendships with my plush toys, but as I grew older, these same friendships became frowned upon and could not understand why that is. You know, it might just be to do with my Asperger's syndrome because I seem to be less affected and driven by the rules of society than most other people I see. Just because everybody else does something doesn't mean that's a good enough reason for me to follow suit. You know, that 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 is not just in my OS, that tends to be in my whole life and I've struggled with that a lot to be honest with you. Um, but I'm trying my hardest to control it at least, you know, but it's, it's not easy because... You know, I don't really understand the reasons why, even though people tell me and tell me until they're blue in the face, I'll still not understand. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame With conquering lips astride from land to land Piratosi Sunset gate shall stand A mighty woman With a torch Whose flame is the Imprisoned lightning And her name Mother of Exiles From a beacon hand Close worldwide Welcome for mild eyes command. Well my parents for a long time Didn't understand You know with my parents They are really good to me that they do try at least they've learnt to be open-minded about it over the years you know because they'll accept me for whoever I am that's what unconditional love is you know of a parent and a child but it gets a bit complicated for me because I'm also adopted and so when I speak of my parents I'm speaking of the people who brought me up the people who are my parents but um, I'm adopted, so I've also got a set of birth parents. And seven years ago, I went in search of them to try and find out who I am and where I come from. And the first five years of my life were a giant black hole with nothing in it. Of course, I was very afraid that I would be rejected because I am OS. These were people I desperately wanted to accept me and like me for who I am, because Again, you've only got one set of birth parents. You've only got one chance. If you blow it, you're going to blow it. And that be it. So it's it was a, a lot of pressure. It was highly, highly pressure. You know, and I found my birth father via Facebook. And he still had contact details of my birth mother. So pretty much I found them both at the same time, which was probably even harder, you know, that I had them both. You know, it wasn't just breaking in one of them first. You know, I had to do both of them at once. And they found it difficult to grasp. And both had very different reactions to it. 
My birth mother was at first quite hostile because she didn't understand it and least expected it. She expected me to have been married with a man or perhaps, and perhaps a couple of children of my own. She gradually warmed, and with a lot of discussion, she at least accepts it as part of who I am. My birth father was very curious and inquisitive about it. He talked a lot, and he asked a lot of questions, and we had many long discussions about it. He was very frank and honest with me about how he felt about it. He did accept it, but again, like others, struggled to understand its inner workings. He agreed to appear in a documentary film about OS I worked on back in 2012, and I was grateful for that. But unfortunately he died last year, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to know him, even if it was just for a short while. Hello everyone! I'm really excited to open this box here. It's a new Statue of Liberty collectible for my collection. And I bought it on eBay last week. Let, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, how you're currently in love with the Statue of Liberty. And, I mean, you have outfits you have this amazing collection of pictures and statues in your apartment i mean in in one sense i guess it's not too dissimilar from someone who's uh you know an uber star wars or star trek fan or elvis fan how many statues do you have um at, i mean in the show notes i might include a, a picture or two as well just so people can see um i have a about 250, I would say, all all the way from about the length of your fingernail all the way up to seven foot five is my tallest one, up to a torch, that is. And mm. I've got three big ones. I've got one at seven foot five, I've got one at seven foot one, and I've got one at five foot six. So I've got three big ones, and then they could start going down from three foot to lower um, apart from the statues I've got pins I've got books I've got coins I've got uh, keychains I've got postcards I've got posters I've got clothes like t-shirts I've got costumes you know you name it I've got it basically you know whatever I've got with the Statue of Liberty on it I, you know if I can find it and it's in my price range then I'll get it, basically. Um, I mean, with my book collection, I've got about 40 books, I would say. Um, you know, from children's books, I've got a fantastic pop-up book. Um, and I've got some serious research books that are just wall-to-wall -wall text about the Statue of Liberty. And it's interesting that if you collect the same sort of books on the same on a similar subject i mean this can go for any subject they're not all the same and they'll all point out different facts that you can piece together by reading all the books together uh, i would say one of my favorite books is liberty's torch by elizabeth mitchell and she i got the chance to meet her last October um, in New York and she signed my copy I took my copy along with me from England because I'd ordered it from here from Amazon and I took it with me in my suitcase because I knew I was going to meet her and the inside page says to Amanda Liberty for love of the lady Bartoldi's big daughter 
and Elizabeth Mitchell, October the 3rd, 2015. And just for, uh, I guess, just to kind of back up a bit, Bartoli, he is he was the designer of the statue, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. He he was a sculptor, designer and sculptor, yeah. It's interesting to note that Bartoldi himself referred to Lady Liberty as his big daughter, a member of his family, just like she's a member of my family. She's my partner. Now, I met a lady in America. I actually met her on Liberty Island itself on Lady Liberty's 125th birthday. That was October the 28th, 2011. Um, she just came up to me and started talking to me because I had a, a Statue of Liberty crown on. I had an American waistcoat on as well. She's not a West, but she's an animist. And she can see Lady Liberty in a very similar way to me. She can sense how Lady Liberty feels, how she sees the world. It was actually scary to find out how similar we see Lady Liberty. You know, we just have different relationships with her. But it just proved to me that there must be something in it, that that Lady Liberty is a sentient being. For her, she sees the Statue of Liberty as her mother, as she lost her mother when she was fairly young and she's over 60 now. I ended up staying up that whole night, never going back to my hotel, and so did she. We just chatted all night about Lady Liberty and various other things as well, and we've stayed in touch online ever since. I, I guess we'll we'll maybe move on to this next question, and uh, really, this would be one that I think might, in this age of hyper sexual thought, I guess if you want to put it that way, people immediately will go to, okay, if she's in some sort of long distance relationship with um, the Statue of Liberty. Um, or, or, or even other OS people. And when I say OS, I mean, um, objectum sexuality, um, or other people in the community, I guess people on the outside might be, uh, I guess go to pretty lurid thoughts. So they'll be like, okay, well, they're having a romantic relationship with this object. Um, does that mean that they have um, a physical relationship with the object, uh, an intimate relationship with the object. Um, how how far how far does the sex or erotica go, and and what what is the nature of that? How much can you tell us about that? Well, I would have to speak on a very broad uh, sense, you know, not talking about myself or any other individuals, you know, but as the OS community as a whole. You know, we're all different people, we're all individuals. And while some people might do things like sexual contact with their objects, other people don't. And again, because we're so different from most other people, we don't have a rule that we follow. There's not a, a certain way or ways to do it. You know, when you think of human to human sexual activity you know you can pretty much imagine what's gonna go on um but it's not like that with 
object loves. I mean, some people don't do anything and some people can't. You know, some people can't touch the one they love and they have to accept that. And other people can only touch their object with their hand. I mean, when I go to see the Lady Liberty in New York, I'm quite happy with what I can get when I'm with her, which is to be able to, if I get a crown ticket, to be able to put my hand on the inside of the windows. You know, that that's quite enough for me, you know, because that's all I can have. So you have to accept what you have and what you can have and not take it any further than that, really. Yeah, and actually that kind of segues, interestingly, to uh, another point that... Uh we, uh, that I, I actually uh, discussed with you earlier, and that's, um, I mean, in your case, I mean, barring, I mean, I guess in your past there was the drum, the drum kit, um, there was the flag, but with Lady Liberty, I mean, someone could say, well, you're actually falling in love with Lady Liberty, the, like, as a, as a human, because she's a, a human form. Whereas other people might fall in love with, for instance, uh, I don't know, a car or, or a synthesizer or one of these other kinds of objects. I mean, do you, do you find that there might be some case of misunderstanding from both people outside the OS community and perhaps within as well because of that interesting situation you're in? I sometimes feel that... Um some people think I have it easier because I love a human-shaped object, but I don't really see it like that. I don't really see it as being a competition or that one's better than the other, but I would say that I have it a bit easier, but it might not be because of her. It might be because I'm able, as I get older, to explain it better to to sit down with somebody and be able to try my best to explain with them what goes on and part you know as long as they're patient and open-minded you know um so it might be that's part of it as well not just the fact that I'm, I love uh, lady liberty do you ever wish that maybe things might be different i mean are you happy being uh, os um and and if you're not happy, I mean, what's the source of your unhappiness? Is it is it internal or external? I am happy being OS. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I do wish it was better understood and that I didn't always have to try and explain myself. You know, it would be nice to it would be nice to have a typical relationship like anyone else has got with with Lady Liberty. And with nobody but an eyelid. I mean, I'd love to walk down the street with a statue in my hand and with her in my hand. I would absolutely love it. But I can't do that because people will look at me and stare at me and think I'm weird, you know. So instead I have sort of compromised with the world and I'll wear a T-shirt with her on instead or a, or a necklace with a small pin on the, on the end of it or a little pin on my shirt or something. You know, I mean, I used to wear the costume quite a lot around the place and I've sort of quit doing that now because it's not, you know, that was 
one of my aspy things, you know, when I was in, when I was in the mind that I'm just going to do whatever I want and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I was in that sort of mindset, but I've changed a lot since then. And I've, I've rarely ever leave the house in my costume now unless it's to an actual event that I'm going to do, you know, otherwise I'll just wear them in the house now. I guess, I guess like maybe Halloween, at least in North America might be another, another excuse to wear the costume, but it's a real shame that you need to find an excuse, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes if I'm going to go out into the city center here, I can dress up because there's lots of people who get dressed up for nights out, you know, in fancy dress. There's a lot of people that do that. So it's not really out of place on an evening in the city, but it is in the daytime. It's a it's a real shame that uh, there's a, this stigma about being weird, too. Mm. I mean, uh, being there should be nothing wrong with being weird. As lo- It's not the same as threatening. Uh, mm. Exactly. You know, in the current times, the current world that we live in, you know, I was advised to be careful, you know, not make it too known that I, you know, make myself stand out too much, basically, to blend in with a little bit more since I live in a city, which makes sense, really. Well, I said that the marching band is one I've just joined in the last month because I was really looking for a, a band to be in for the last five years since I've lived in this city, and you know I've only just found them now. So I'm joined and I'm playing the bass drum and learning to play. You know I'm not going out on parade with them as yet, but that'll come in time. Um, but I'm liking. I like doing all sorts of things, you know. I like to play on my computer, of course. <laughs> That's not really a hobby, I suppose. And I like to play music. I love singing. I sing and yodel uh, for a bit of fun. Yodel, <laughs> <laughs> And I do all sorts of things. I do play the flute. I play the drum kit, obviously. I've got a keyboard. I like painting i like drawing when i can i like playing games on my phone like pokemon go i'm really into that at the moment you and you and me both on the pokemon go i'm i'm hooked (laughs) yeah yeah same here i mean i've i broke my toe a couple of weeks ago so my play has been a little bit hindered um the last couple of weeks but i'm hoping to start getting back into it again you know because i've missed playing you know because I'm not a sort of player that will try and cheat or anything. I will walk to get my eggs and to to find things, you know. We know that, I mean, you, you have many different, uh, you know, interests. I mean, it's not all about uh, the Statue of Liberty. I mean, and, and in, in, any, in any sense, I mean, um, I think it's probably would be unhealthy for someone who is keen on another person or, or on even an object or whatever to like be completely, um, what's the right word? Like completely obsessed to the point of blocking out everything else. Well, it depends, you know, I mean, I suppose, I suppose if it be, if it gets to the point where it interferes with your life so much that you can't go out anywhere because 
you can't leave your house with all your collectibles, I suppose then that would be unhealthy. But, I mean, I would say that I'm pretty obsessed with her, but it doesn't stop me getting out. You know, I want to make it a life for myself anyway, but when I'm here at home, sure, she's all around me. I've got all these eyes staring at me all the time. <laughs> so, can't get away from her here, and I don't want to. <laughs> Say goodbye to the Empire State Building. Bro. What? Sometimes I go talk to her about life. And I just hate the thought of leaving you, MP. But my gut tells me my future's in Chicago. What do you think? You need to move. Oh, oh my God. Really? Are, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. You can't just stand there talking to a building and petting it. Wait. Are you one of those freaks who's sexually attracted to buildings? An objectophiliac? <laughs> no way. Then why do you know what they're called? Why do you know what they're called? You know, I'm not looking for people to be really understanding of it and be really okay with it. You know, I'm, at the end of the day, yeah, I would absolutely love that, but I know it's going to take a long time for that to happen, but at least if people didn't just judge people like just like this out of nowhere, you know, oh, Sheila was an object, oh, well, she must be weird then, you know, it's not, it doesn't work like that, you know, just say, okay, fair enough, that's what you do, you live your life and I'll live my life, you know, and if we get beyond that, then great, you know, but the worst thing to do is starting to bully people or say nasty things, because at the end of the day, most people don't know what it's like to be us, you know, do you not think that if I wasn't like this, that I would want an easier life. I mean, if I wanted a really easy life, I would just say, right, I'm going to get a, a husband, you know, and have a couple of children, you know, but it doesn't work like that. You know, my I'm doing what is natural to me and what feels right to me and what makes me happy. So I'm going to fight for that because I'm going to fight to make myself happy because why shouldn't I be happy? I'm just like, why shouldn't everyone else be happy too? Exactly. So, uh, Amanda, thanks so, so much for being on the show. I mean, I know that I, since I've met you, I've learned a lot about OS. And uh, I, I hope that this show will help people, if anything, understand more about it. Hmm. I hope so as well. That's what I'm really doing it for us I just like to open people's thoughts and people's minds a little bit to accept something that maybe maybe not be mainstream but it doesn't mean it's wrong or you know it's just that you have to have an open mind about this and you have to have an open mind about a lot of people you know I'm not the only one in this situation, Nora OS people, there's loads of people in the world that are a little bit different from the rest and get treated badly because they're different. Because they and all they want to do is fit in, but they can't because they're different. It's just you know, it's the world we live in. You know, you just have to start accepting and start being open-minded and start listening and not just judging people. Amanda, thanks so much for being on the show. Okay, thank you very much. 
Well, that's about all for this episode. I'd like to thank Amanda for being on the program. If you'd like to learn more about OS, go to objectumsexuality.org. There'll be a link in the show notes. The intro and outro music is by Chromatics Music. The other background music is a track from Galaxy's album, Lunar Dunes. As you can tell, Amanda has a lovely singing voice, and she was nice enough to provide that clip of her singing. Uh, There's also a sample of an episode of How I Met Your Mother. This would be the sequence with the Empire State Building, or MP. While doing research, I also found a rather good music video about OS called Save Me by the Canadian band Keys and Crates. So links to all of these will be in the show notes. I encourage you to take a look. Please, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. This is how the show can grow to a broader audience and become more visible. This kind of visibility will lead to me being able to get even more prominent or interesting guests in the future. So thanks so, so much for listening, and I'll hope you'll be back next time.